Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is episode 9, Luca, with Frank Rivera. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Andrew Steyer. I'm Eric Martinez. And today we are joined by a very fun guest, Frank Rivera. Yay, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you, Frank. Uh, So we met Frank through improv. Uh, I was in Giggle Pants with him, and then Eric was in Giggle Pants and Snafu with him. He's very fun. He's very funny. And and today he brought Luca to play with us. And you're mad about that, aren't you? Yes. Okay. So mad. I, I'm flaming. It was me. It was me who made the poll on Twitter of like, can we even do this? Because I was like, I don't know that we can. Because it's not explicitly gay, right? Yeah, it's it's not. But when I tell you, Andrew, <laughs> when you watch this movie, you're going to say that's the gayest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Both on Instagram and on Twitter, the poll won that, yes, we should do it. The options were, because the question was, is Luca gay? Should we cover it on the podcast sometime? And the options were no, no free clout, which I voted for. And yes, it's clear metaphor. And 75% of people voted yes. And it also won on Instagram. So the consensus is clear. So I got to see how gay this is. But it's also really interesting that it's like not explicitly gay. It's also interesting that this was released. It's a Disney Pixar film. Yeah. And Disney has been in the news a lot in 2022 because of the don't say gay bill. So it's like, just to catch you up on the story is basically, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, and you've probably heard in the news, Florida has this awful don't say gay bill where it's like, we don't want our children to even know what the concept of gay is while they're in school. We want it to be a dirty secret, <laughs> which is obviously awful. And so Disney's employees were pushing Disney when this bill was coming up of like, hey, we need to release a statement. And then they did release a statement. And that statement said the best thing we can do to support gay rights is to come out with content. <laughs> Everyone was like, what? Like, no, like actually like come out. So like they got criticized, the CEO got criticized for being not strong enough against the bill. And on top of that, Disney gives funds to companies that were sponsors of the bill. So Disney employees were so upset and the many people in the nation were upset that Disney's employees actually staged a walkout. And now the reason that I think I'm okay doing a Disney piece again is because they have since come out and publicly stated that they want to try and get the bill repealed. So it sounds like they're listening to these protests, which is great. That is good. I mean, I think part of why I remember liking this movie was because like it was in a way like normalizing gay, you know, like representation in the media without having to be like, oh my God, like look, like it's so, it's so, so gay, like, <laughs> like that, you know, like showing it in a more delicate or subtle way. I remember that's what I liked about it, but I wonder like how much it actually is like clearly gay, you know, like watching it now, like how much it'll seem that way at least. Yeah, I, I can like really- it's so obvious. <laughs> I'm like, I want the first time I watched that, I said, gay, gay, gay. Like, <laughs> I was talking so many things. I think I, I really like this movie because 
they're just trying to be obviously gay, but like for children and just be like, look, like this is like what it is. And they couldn't go like explicitly gay because it was like the main characters were children. Okay. Which I, like, okay. Totally get. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. like when I tell you, <laughs> right? It's the sort of thing where, like, I mean, if this were not a children's movie, like, what does it mean for it to be like explicitly gay? Like, what what are we gonna do? Like, sit there and be like, what you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess, you know, it's like innocent. Like, something can be gay and still like innocent. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if if you had like a guy and the girl in the movie, people would be like, oh yeah, there's like definitely exactly. romantically involved, even exactly. if they're explicitly it. But also, it's like okay, so I do want to talk about queer baiting. Queer baiting is when you aren't gay and you like kind of suggest that you are in order to capture the attention of gay people and whatever monetary success can come with that, even if you aren't. And also queer baiting aside, uh, this also kind of wraps in with like the idea of like this movie coming out and being gay, but also not wanting to identify with gay because it also it wasn't promoted as a gay movie, right? I don't think so. But a lot of people saw the promo for it and started comparing it to a younger Call Me by Your Name, and I think that's where I got the oh, impression fun. that, and I think a lot of people like heard that as kind of like marketing, and like people were like, "Oh, it's gonna be like really gay." <laughs> and then people come out of it and they're like that wasn't like not really gay in like the call me by your name way but it was still like the undertones were there and that like you had to sort of understand it got it so I still want to talk about the, the issue of not claiming something as gay when it is and kind of rejecting or distancing yourself from that label because if it is a gay movie it really does not sound like it was claimed as such by the people who produced it and why is that and it's almost a shame like as I said there are some nice sides of it because you don't want it shoved down your throat but you, you also wonder of like were they being homophobic by not acknowledging any of that? Um, right. No, I think you're right. Cause it is like a fine line there. You know what I mean? Like you're benefiting from telling this like clearly gay story, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you're refusing to explicitly label it as such you know, like you're sort of taking one and leaving the other. So I already warned these two that I wanted to discuss Harry Styles in this episode because it's really pertinent because it's a very, very similar issue. Also, Eric is a huge Harry Styles fan. So there was like a story coming out that Harry Styles is calling labeling your sexuality outdated. And when I read that headline, I was so upset and also like so worried to bring it up with Eric because I was like, are we going to fight about this? <laughs> so are you wanting... Oh, let, open the floor. Open the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> In this corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've actually gone into more research. Harry Styles did an interview with Better Homes and Garden, which is so random that like an interview in Better Homes and Garden with Harry Styles is what ended up like making waves. So Gay Times made a headline that kind of sensationalized it by saying Harry Styles says labeling your sexuality is outdated, which the source interview doesn't actually say what context he said the word outdated in, but it was certainly surrounding this discussion. And outdated may have been more referring to like the fact 
fact that people are so aggressively sometimes asking for his sexuality. But yeah, I had a reaction to that. And then immediately, like people on Twitter were talking about it. So it's made some ways for sure. I mean, it is worth saying he does say basically that he thinks we should come away from labels. He also said, like, my close friends know, and I shouldn't have to like talk about it beyond that is kind of what he's saying, which I totally 100% respect people's right to come out of the closet on their own pace in their own way. And just because they're a public figure doesn't mean they have to although it, it would be nice. It would be nice if he if he is gay that if he came or queer that he came out just because he would be such a great role model for so many like queer people, we could definitely use that representation. The other concern is if he is straight, because he's been doing things that are, you know, like trying on dresses. And and it's actually sad, like the one of the reasons he's like suspected for being gay is like waving pride flags, which is actually great. Like that's he's, uh, he's yeah. definitely presenting as an ally. So it's a shame that that almost brings on this this like almost antagonistic scrutiny against him. I'll also say in the article when I read it, like he doesn't come across as someone who's like rallying against labels, <laughs> which is how I feel like it's is kind of the message that's getting out there right now. But I mean, it does seem to be his point of view that like we don't need labels anymore. Where the queer baiting comes in is because now he has like a large gay following and some people like wondering if he is gay. The idea is that like, oh, you could you could be just pretending to be gay. It's almost like you're a closeted straight person now. You're pretending to be gay to capture the gay dollar. But I have some thoughts on this idea of like we should come away from those labels. But first I'd like to ask what what y'all's thoughts are. I hope I didn't I strike feel... a chord. I know he no, loves you it. Did. Andrew, you did not strike a chord with me. I am not he like... is pissed. <laughs> you should have seen the faces he was no raging. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe you ever would say that to me. This is the last episode we do. Oh, um, God. I feel no matter what, the way Harry Styles came into fame is going to, people are going to call him to question his sexuality because he started out with fame with One Direction and he started with like a teen girl following uh-huh. and that was the primary fan of One Direction was like teenage girls who watched them come up on X Factor and just naturally like in that boy band era, like all these teen girls, like that's just a natural thing when like girls have a boy band they like ship like the members together and they want like the members to like be gay for each other that's just that bridges into like women and sexuality and gender like that (laughs) is such a thing that like there is a whole study that I don't haven't like even done that much reading on but I know that like women love the idea of gay men being together and that just is such a gender (laughs) thing that like I would love to sit down with someone who actually knows all the details about that and hear everything but I think because of sort of how he started out and how like the main like thing that he had in that group was like he was like that whole group was like all shipped together and like all these teen girls wanted them to be together but Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson were two members that like people were like they are gay and there's like (laughs) hours upon hours upon hours of like footage of interviews and like photos of them like people proving it and so (laughs) I think that has just like echoed out so far past his like time in One Direction that like it continues to become like a thing that's echoed to all of his fans like that I think is the basis that like people think and because Harry during that time was so just like love who you love like it doesn't matter like he never like he was the one explicitly who wasn't like really denying it at all Louis was the one who was like we are not gay no one should ever say that but Harry was kind of just like it's whatever even if we were it wouldn't matter and so I think that's kind of why people like he's just so nice and it's just so like trying not to create any controversy whatsoever but I think through his sort of like people pleasing of like just wanting to be like the nice person in the room 
room that is kind of like people are like so what is it pal like tell us that being said in regards to the outdating of labels it's like i see both sides sexuality specifically homosexuality doesn't have one specific image and so i feel like we've been built on this idea that homosexuality does have one specific image of how it's supposed to look and i think what harry's trying to say is that like being gay being bisexual being pansexual being any kind of sexuality all can look how it looks to you and i feel like that's kind of what he's trying to say i don't i don't think he's trying to like dodge like dodge the idea and just dodge like telling people like what his sexuality I just think he wants to say that it doesn't look like anything and like doesn't want to be the face of sexuality and the face of homosexuality because it's like no like it can be anything I will say if he is straight I will be upset not so much from a queer point baiting point of view uh, our friend Jefferson actually had a really good tweet but basically saying like he's not explicitly profiting off of queerness right now and so there's not really any reason he should have to come out but if he is straight and he's like campaigning against labels it feels like a little bit like fighting a battle that's really not yours to decide and it's almost like mm, maybe at least clarify that yeah that's kind of what i was thinking of for me it's like the labels thing i think you know it's all about the language that you use in your relationship with that so for some people that's really helpful i would say that to me like i really resonate with a label like that but some people yeah. don't you know and and for some people it's a lot more complicated than it is for me to describe their sexuality in one way or another is probably a lot more intimidating especially when you're that famous so i think if he is straight um saying like labels are outdated was yeah like not <laughs> again like that's not your fight necessarily to be going for or, like could have been worded a little bit better but i think i agree with what you're saying eric like i feel like he that's not what he was trying to say like people that label yourselves like you're being outdated i think he meant it more in the, the other way of you know like labels probably aren't what does it for him so my issue with and this isn't necessarily against harry styles it's it's the idea in general which she does seem to share but also i want to share another interview because this isn't the first time that a celebrity has um been asked about his sexuality and made this kind of statement and so there's this really interesting interview with frank ocean done by gq and in the interview they talk about his relationships with men and like kind of is coming out about that and then he gets asked a question so do you consider yourself bisexual and his response is you can move to the next question i'll respectfully say that life is dynamic and comes along with dynamic experiences and the same sentiment that I have towards genres of music I have towards lots of labels and basically goes on to say basically the exact same thing Harry Styles does is like don't don't put me in a box and my objection with this first of all that and your that interview response is much more aggressive than Harry Styles like you can move on to the next question like clearly irritated at the question and that seems to be kind of like a sentiment like we should push away from that being an important thing and to me I don't agree with that uh, I, I feel like you don't have to come out but I also feel like objecting so hard to being associated with my community as a queer person and also like even if you in Frank Ocean's case he's like openly queer but doesn't want to accept a label associated with us and for me that doesn't sit right with me and I feel like we should be fighting the stigma against the labels and not the labels themselves I feel like the reason people are afraid some people are afraid to adopt these labels I mean I know for me it was very hard even if like to to say the words I'm gay um, when I first started doing it just because I didn't identify with that stigma. I was like, that's not me. That's not who I am. I don't want to be associated with that image, which is terrible. And I had a lot of internalized homophobia to work through.
through. And so it makes me sad to see people with such a big platform kind of push this message. Now, granted, I may have pushed the same message if I was coming out in the public eye because it takes some time to work through that stuff. But I really hope that some of these celebrities that we are starting to see who are queer or are still figuring out their sexuality uh, can really one day start to like proudly proclaim themselves as as queer or gay or bisexual or pansexual men obviously like come out at your own pace i totally respect that but i do think it'll do like a lot of help for the community to see these idols and for also like straight people to see what queer people can do i can't help but like with that with frank ocean how old is he oh i don't know how old 34 Hmm. i just feel like maybe frank is just somewhere within the journey of his own sexuality and maybe that was his way of just I feel like years from now, Frank will probably look at that interview and be like, huh, interesting. That was aggressive. Like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just, I, we can't fault anyone for where they are in the journey. If it's like, I guess it, was, it wasn't that Frank was like explicitly hurting anyone by saying that. I just can't, I feel like maybe somewhere down the line, he'll like have a better take on it. I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a hard one. Yeah. In a certain way, I do, like, I do kind of relate to the idea of, I do think that having to come out is is annoying in a way not I don't think I think for some people they take comfort in that but for example like to all the closest people in my life my best friends to, um to both of you for example like I never came out to y'all you know what I mean like I never I never it was never like that and, and then all, all, all of a sudden we are inviting you on our gay podcast <laughs> yeah exactly um and so I in a certain way I do like if I had it my way like for example when I came out to my mom I wouldn't have had to be like mother I'm gay like I I would rather have not had it play out that way just because I think like that's it, it feels somewhat like it's not natural to me like to have to do that you know what I mean like I feel like in a sense I do think we should all just you know however it is that you are you know people should be okay with that um, without you having to disclose that to them but I do think that there is also a lot of it gives you a lot of power to do that I, I still see it though somehow as like by not I get what you mean by not saying that label or like claiming that label you are sort of like putting some distance you know between yourself and the community in some way and I do get why that sort of like feels weird at the same time it's so interesting having gay friends and hearing about everyone's sort of coming out stories and how from gay person to gay person like coming out was like its own level of intensity like I've had like I feel like mine because I was raised Catholic my coming out was so I made it such a huge deal but I've met so many friends before who were like, no, yeah, no, didn't care. And like, just my parents were chill. And it's so, it's like just so That's jarring. Wild. <laughs> it's so jarring when like people treat, to me at least, from my own experience, when I meet someone who like, either like just isn't coming out because they're like, they don't feel the need to, or they just are like, yeah, it's whatever. Like, I don't know. I wonder if with this situation with Frank, I, maybe he's just as like, no, it's whatever. I don't care. Right. All right. Enough with the serious stuff. Let's talk about Luca. 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 <laughs> so so you already mentioned that like everyone this, everyone saw the trailer and immediately just started like making it gay that's actually pretty funny yeah it was two it's two young boys in italy so of course all the call me by your name stands lost their damn minds and they're like ah Elio and Oliver, they were young. <laughs> I think there's something about just also like Mediterranean men be like that sometimes. What, what Mediterranean men be like that? 
<laughs> I mean, that's what happened in freaking Call Me By Your Name. And what was the other one? Oh, like the Song of Achilles. They're Greek in that one too. It's all Mediterranean. We love yeah, men like a, standing by the ocean. About, about the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie actually came out really recently. It just came out last year. Oh, this was last year. See, time moves so weirdly. Yeah. I haven't seen this movie, so I'm going in completely blind. I got like a really good score on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's like pretty well received. I think the people generally liked it a lot. Like it's really well done. It's very sweet. It's just this, and it's kind of a simple premise. I feel like it's not too. They don't try to make it too difficult. Yeah, I mean, it is a children's movie. You know, I feel like I think yeah. that's part of what makes it like good in a way. Also, I think Pixar just has like their house name. Like people are gonna be like, yeah, I'm there, and like they can do sort of anything, and people are like, yes, yes, yes. We love it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm excited to watch it. I mean, Pixar like does consistently great work, so it's it's good to hear that this is apparently no exception. I remember when I like after I watched it for the first time, a friend of mine who is not gay watched it and was like, "I don't get how this is gay," and I was like, "You weren't looking." Like, <laughs> and I, so I think it's like I think it's one of those things where it's like you know the water you don't know you're swimming in. You know, like if you're gay, like you can tell, but. Snaps, snaps, Frank. Um, Andrew, I cannot wait for us to hop on to the other side of having watched it and for you to be like, that wasn't gay. (laughs) I would love if that was your take. (laughs) I'm like, what? Those are just bros. Those are just bros being bros, yo. I feel like we've, everyone's been in that place before where it's like, it's also like hard to tell like, are you gay or are you not too? So I feel like every, I feel like gay men know how to walk that line. I wish we could have, there's no way we could have gotten you to watch this movie for the podcast podcast without telling you that like it's remotely gay like i wish you it was just you and i'm and i'm like andrew let's sit down and watch a movie i'm telling you nothing about it and then like (laughs) see sort of like was that gay to you (laughs) all right should we swim in these waters let's swim swim in these waters let's take a swim in these breaststroke At this point, we watch Luca. Luca, a young boy who turns into a sea creature when wet, is forbidden from leaving the ocean. Luca meets another sea monster boy named Alberto, whose dad lets him run free, and Luca starts sneaking to the surface with him. When Luca's parents catch him, they sentence him to live in the deep sea with his uncle, so Luca runs away with Alberto to a nearby fishing village, disguised as normal humans. There they meet Julia and her intimidating father. They join Julia's triathlon team in hopes of beating the town bully Ercole and winning enough money to buy a Vespa and travel the world. Luca's parents come into town and look for Luca amongst the children. Luca bonds with Julia and wants to attend school like her. Alberto gets jealous and exposes his sea monster form to Julia to reveal their secret, but Luca fakes surprise fear and Alberto swims away to his hideout, betrayed. Luca reveals his secret to Julia and chases after Alberto. Alberto reveals his father abandoned him long ago. Our three friends finally compete in the triathlon, where the rain may just end up revealing their secret to the world. And we're back from watching Luca! Woo woo woo! Luca, Luca. All right, Andrew. Was it gay or was it not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait. Oh, I have so many thoughts on the question. I will say, <laughs> it merited inclusion in the pod for sure. Like it was so so tender, but also like there's clearly a large following that believe it's gay, and also like I see the metaphor, but I also see how that metaphor could be 
applied to really it's funny i was looking up what the writer set out to write and it says in quotes that it's a uh, sea monster is a metaphor for feeling different i was like okay mm. yeah i see that yeah i liked it a lot <laughs> i feel like you connected with this and realized it was gay because you were crying throughout this movie and i'm not <laughs> saying that you only cry at gay media but <laughs> i i saw you like sniffling and being touched and i was like he's connecting to it he knows i truly yeah i was definitely absorbing this through the lens of like if i were to see this as a gay metaphor when um, he came out of the water for the first time that was one of my that's one of my favorite moments yeah because i actually said when we were watching it i was like i wish i had had a mentor like this a gay mentor to like walk me through it especially because he's like so he's like oh my god this is bad we shouldn't be doing this you know even though what they're doing is like harmless and not bad it's so funny because I, so I, I read up the right i want to throw some love on the writers mike jones jesse andrews enrico casarosa and simon stephenson I, I mean i love this movie great writers so great job writers they did not intend for this to be a gay movie at all <laughs> when they wrote it that's what they say they're like it was supposed to be a story about like friendship pre-romance and <laughs> and they're like but uh yeah we we celebrate that fans are seeing it in a gay way like we like the diversity inclusion what do you mean pre-romance you know like when you're i guess the idea is that like you don't experience true romance before oh yeah okay i thought i was i thought you meant like friendship pre-romance like we were implying they were gonna be that was like okay that's gay (laughs) (laughs) i definitely see it as i think part of the reason why it makes it so much easier to read it as an allegory for being gay is because the way in which they're different isn't at least always like immediately visible you know and like like, your sexuality like that's something that sort of you know plays with your head a little bit like do people know or like is that something they can tell or do I say you know so I thought that at least just in the way that that like part of the metaphor is there, like I'm like, that's what makes me think that it, there's no way they can't just have been like, we didn't mean for it to be gay. Like it's just too, I guess, too close there. Okay, so I I don't want I always love to cause the drama. I feel like I'm such a contrarian, but I do want to say like an <laughs> yeah stir that pot. I do want to say an important note in that like I think there is a certain danger to falling into this like oh if two guys show emotion towards each other they're gay. I feel like that can feed into this culture we have of like straight men feeling so hesitant to like have vulnerable and like close relationships with their male friends because uh, it's so quickly labeled as gay. And so like, if you imagine this is not a gay story, it's really touching to see like, oh, these two friends like having such vulnerability with each other and having these moments and like romance or not, it really is like a very touching story about friendship and kind of like working through what might hold you back. Like Alberto is, wow, I just said that. That's, is that even Alberto. Alberto. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he like he's learning how to like put aside his like ego and like be an actual friend like it's and I I did cry a lot but I also I feel like I also like can get really emotional about like friendship in general and yeah so there was many ways where this reminded me of a gay romance but like in other ways and sometimes like it made me think like that scene at the end where he was like you know like you really helped me out I'm so glad you were here like you've changed like that reminded me more so of actually some of my like really close straight friends like me my cousin like were like this you know and it, um so it actually did remind me also of like my platonic friendships a lot i think it's really nice 
whether you think it's straight or gay, <laughs> I think it's a good movie altogether. And I oh. guess I wanted, I wanted to ask Frank when we came to you, or when I came to you and I asked, like, what are sort of, like, me, like what movies, books, whatever, like, that you would want to talk about? Like, what made you choose this one? Aside from the fact that I was like, we're already doing this, we're already doing this. <laughs> yeah, um, I really, I think this one, like, resonated with me because I think that, especially with, like, the inner child, like, I think so much stuff, like, starts there and seeing like this movie like which is at that stage and seeing like how almost like innocent and pure it is but still being like so queer coded you know what I mean in that way I just I thought it was like it shows that uh, another side to it almost like it can't you know like there are innocent little gay stories like that that are you know I think are so beautiful and again whether or not it's like actually gay and they're like you know what I mean like and then you know it's actually it's like on that level or whether it's just purely platonic like still I don't think a lot of the time we do see that those many like movies about like a tender relationship between two men Mm -hmm. you know even if they're even if it's gay or not it is still a tender relationship between two men you know it really is Um, so yeah I feel like even as even whether you think this is like a straight movie or not like as gay people when we see two men showing emotion to each other we are really happy and it's really nice for us to watch (laughs) and yes there are some of us who are toxic and are like gay uh but i did not call y'all toxic (laughs) i'm I'm calling myself toxic (laughs) which i own up to (laughs) if i see two men look at each other gay (laughs) gay i don't know i don't think it's toxic i really think that i don't know like think of how often straight people do that you know what i mean like they're like oh like do you have a girlfriend yet or like whatever you know which I guess it's, I guess doesn't like make it better. You know what I mean? But it's just the sort of thing where like, I mean, I knew like very deep down when I was that age of that boy in the movie, I knew that I was gay at that point already, you know? And like, I, that's why, you know, like maybe if, you know, in a world where like that's so accepted to that level, you know, like you can't have little gay, whatever, little childhood, little boyfriends, you know, like, you know, how like people like, yeah, little, you know, first kiss on the playground, whatever. Like, I feel like gay people do not get to do that. No, exactly. They should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's reminiscent of like that scene in Up where they like you see the whole course of their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And it starts when they're like probably younger than that. And you're not like, oh, these are just friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like that dips into, and listeners, don't you worry, we'll get to Heartstopper. Don't worry, mm-hmm. we know it's on the docket. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing a lot of media discourse about the show Heartstopper and about how there's like one part of the queer community is watching it and is like loving the warmth of it. But another part of the queer community is like, I can't watch this. This is too happy. And I'm like just now jealous that <laughs> I never got this in high school. Frank, are you pointing um, to yourself? Oh my God. I re- refuse to watch it i'm not i can't watch it uh, i can't yeah. watch it right now <laughs> i cannot so much... watch it right now it will send yeah. me into it will no it's too much but like, this I is safer I'm... this is safer yeah no no, no. it's not not because it, it would hit too close to home i think 
Mm-hmm. Just like like too too much. Like let's not go there. <laughs> Wait, speaking of which, just like this not hitting so close to home. It's so funny, like reading plot summaries because it like it does sound like a gay like premise. It's like uh these two boys spend a lot of time with each other, but they're hiding a secret. They're sea monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like they spend an amazing summer together. I I looked up like the Vanity Fair article literally says it is sounds like the plot to call me by your name. Like in the Vanity Fair article. Yeah. It's also <laughs> I think it's like in the Wikipedia plot. It's like Luca, a young sea monster boy. <laughs> what are they saying about gay people that they chose <laughs> sea monsters? What does that say about us? So apparently this didn't come out of nowhere. It's like loosely based off of like some Italian folklore. Mm. And they sent the artists to the Italian Rivera to like... Is yeah. that why you chose this as Frank? Because it matches your last name. Oh, Rivera. <laughs> Italian Rivera. <laughs> Frank is Luca. Luca. I wonder, um, I wonder if I was gonna say, I just recently read this book called Notes on a Crocodile, and it's this Taiwanese fiction book about this um girl going through high school and realizing she's lesbian, and there's like chapters of it to where it's like her sort of discovering her sexuality, and then there's this whole other chapter where it's like she enters it's like she does like it's called Notes on a Crocodile because there's a whole other storyline about this like crocodile masquerading in the world as a human and how like they feel so uncomfortable and like they do whole the whole thing where it's like oh I work at this bakery and people don't know I'm a crocodile people just found out I'm a crocodile like and now people are asking what it's like to be a crocodile and I'm like is it just natural to like compare queerness and sexuality and homosexuality to like reptilian beings like is that (laughs) I I gotta like study more on that because I wonder if that's like a folklore kind of thing I feel like that reminds me of um, Carmen Maria Machado. Mm. Like, have you read those books? Like, her books? That, that's, like, in the dream house, right? Yes, yes. I haven't read, but I have That, told... what you just said, reminded me of in the dream house. So, okay, that, that one's, like, scary, because it's, like, about abuse, too. It's, like, like really heavy. Yeah. But... Yeah, it dips, it dips more into the gay trauma, which... I feel like, okay, would we say Luca was bridging on gay trauma? I feel like it kind of was a tiny bit. Mm. As in, like, there are moments in this show where you're like, oh, he's dealing with stuff that we also had to deal with that was, like, okay, difficult. Conversion that camp. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Massive conversion therapy. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when they find out he's gone to the surface, so he's giving in to his gay desires. <laughs> the mom... The mom says, you're going through your gay desires. No. <laughs> but yeah, the mom is like, well, so now we're going to send you to live with your uncle in the deep sea, just away from the land. And I was literally like, conversion therapy. Like, Yeah, that was like such, it's something like that, which is like so, der- I mean, again, like if you're doing the whole like gay reading, like I get the being different. Like I understand that, but like w- the sending away, you know, it's something like that where there's so many factors to it where I'm like this is either too coincidental or just like too well constructed you know to not be about well there were four writers so maybe one of them (laughs) so the guy who said that quote was the director and like came up with the story but it's very possible that one of the writers was like had an agenda (laughs) 
All right, which of you four was it? Who had the gay agenda? <laughs> Message us on the pod. What I also really like is that his parents are loving people. Like, they're not antagonistic. They really care for him. And my parents' biggest thing was, like, they were worried about my safety. And that's, like, still something they worry about. And so you, it's it was really cool to see that mirrored here where, like, the mom is so worried about her son's safety. And that's, like, really the reason that she's being so strict with him on, like, being free with himself not that my parents like told me like don't come out of the closet you're like you'll be unsafe right they didn't say that they didn't send me to conversion camp but i did like that it was born of safety yeah and i think i i like that too because it's like sometimes you know some people they don't and unfortunately like not everyone either you know grew up in a way that like caused them to be accepting of you know people being gay but like a lot like it's stuff like that that shows like you know people people change their mind or you know what I mean like it's it's born out of something else like it's like that whole safety thing but you know she comes around and so I, th- I thought that that was really like in, in, a healing you know sort of way in that movie yeah and just like on that note of like what characters motivations are this movie is so well written because it's like <laughs> okay other than the fact that like such a strong goal of the two protagonists is to get a Vespa which seems a little silly but it's like obviously it's more than just the Vespa but every time they're like you know they say like the characters need to have a clear goal the fact that their clear goal <laughs> is a Vespa oh random such a random <laughs> detail but it works it works really well but in general it's like all the characters like are very cons- it's like a very character driven story um, which I really like it, like the plot just writes itself because you like see all the characters motivations and it's mm, yeah I, I think in that moment like where it's all happening where it all comes together like it, it's it was sort of like oh this is all like nice and 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 cute and light and then all of a sudden it's almost like oh here the like it it adds that like dimension of like oh here we go like right when you said andrew you were like oh the drama like the drama just it immediately started (laughs) there was so much drama in this they like love to build up the drama I think the earliest sense we got of it being kind of like underlying queer tones was when the grandmother lies for Luca about going to the surface. And then we like, so we just kind of like that happens where like Luca's kind of caught being out late and the grandmother's like, oh, I was, uh, I sent him out to get sea cucumbers. That's why he was late. And like, they just kind of play along into it. And then it kind of reconnects at the end where the grandmother, we learned she's been going to the surface a lot as well. And she sort of matches the vibe of these other like female sea monsters that are revealed to be masquerading in the real world. And so, yeah, I, it's a, it was a very, that was another moment of like gay elder watching over a gay prodigy. Oh, uh, which is such a trope. Like, I, yeah. I love it though. Just side note, when I watched La Victor, the first episode, and it like starts with this conversation that he's having with Simon and like Simon gives him advice, I started bawling. <laughs> and I like texted Eric, I was like, I want to be this for someone. <laughs> So little gay boys, if you're out there and you're not out of the closet or you're worried and you want someone to talk to, hit up Andrew. I will, you can tell Andrew and I will walk you through this. Life is cake. I have such a hot take on specifically Love Victor in that. I think I was just, that moment you were talking about where he's like hitting up Simon about advice. 
I was thinking about it from the sense, the POV of Simon and how I was like, Victor's annoying. I would be weirded out by this if Victor was doing this to me. But yeah, it is I, a pretty just, aggressive person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, just, we like, have I to do a... Never. Yeah, well, you're yeah. going to have to deal with that too, Andrew. I mean, imagine someone texting you and being like, oh, well, I didn't. And you're like, bitch, <laughs> pull up. <laughs> pull up. <laughs> yeah, so we have the, we already talked about, like, he first goes to the surface and then he comes back and, like, the grandma has to lie for him. And then they go to, the, him and um, Alberto end up going to this city to look for a Vespa. <laughs> You look like you had something to say, Frank. Yeah, and then they run into Ercole, which I don't know why he gave me homophobe vibes. <laughs> and then a- Andrew during the movie was like, Ercole's voice is hot. When I and when I tell you, this is what Ercole's voice sounds like. He's like, Oh, Cachelo Pina, oh, come on, Bota. You you boys. And he's like so loud and shrill. Stop, you're you're making me hot and bothered, Eric. Don't use that voice around me. So loud and shrill. And Andrew, both Frank and I were like, Did you say hot? I don't know. Maybe Eric, it's just when he first was, rolls. That was so good, Eric. <laughs> I meant to be a gay villain. I feel like Echo Lay underlying homosexuality. Oh, that he, oh, he had a he enjoyed watching that one boy slap the other boy too. Harder with contempt. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally oh. said harder. Literally. Uh, um, I don't know. I thought his voice was cute. Maybe it's just when he wrote in, he had all that confidence. I don't know. <laughs> you love I wasn't expecting him to be boy. so evil. The best, oh just, the best but got you. <laughs> Uh, it's also just really funny, like how often when they're on this in this city, they twist the knife of like how there's a need to be afraid of like being caught as a fish monster. Just like everywhere in this city, there's like signs of them killing fish and like fish monsters, and uh, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I like I saw in the in the Vanity Fair article, it was like, oh, like Julia's conservative town, and when I read that, I was like, wait, it kind of is like a conservative town like I didn't really think of it that way like while I was watching it I mean like I did I guess I didn't make that connection but like yeah like Julie's kind of like the weirdo quirky girl doesn't fit in and she friends the two little gay boys that go to the conservative town we love Julia we love Julia ally ally great friend ally or contender for Luca's love oh yeah Alberto was randomly getting really jealous when Luca and Julia were like getting really close yeah let's talk about this because I don't see it you don't see the jealousy wait you don't see the chemistry I don't see the chemistry personally oh the chemistry oh you mean between Luca and Julia yeah I don't see it yeah they were just friends I saw it as they were just friends and I saw it as Luca was a very curious geeky little nerdy gay boy and (laughs) Julia had a textbook and she was like (laughs) and a a telescope and she was like look the sun like I'm like and she was like look science and he was like oh my god he was like she was like I'm gonna teach this gay person how to read and then she did (laughs) she literally did (laughs) that's exactly like that's the love that a gay man has for his English teacher like (laughs) I don't know personally I can see it I I could see the vibe of what you were saying I just hadn't thought of it that way until you said so but I want to hear your case Andrew oh (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. I just, I mean, yeah, they're just friends, but so are Luca and Alberto, right? It's like, I just, I could see both of those blossoming into a romance. Like, there was something about the way that, like, she led him. They felt, they really had this, like, moment. It kind of reminded me, like, <laughs> this is going to be so dumb, but, like, Beast Boy and Terra. Like, I was, like, getting that, like, vibe. Hmm, fair. I guess, well, Luca, though, whenever he was having those fantasies, he didn't have a fantasy with Julia, but he did have more than one fantasy with Alberto. Mm. <laughs> like where they yeah. were like writing the best fun stuff like when i saw those like i resonated with that i was like that's what my fantasies look like whoever had the gay agenda wrote those fantasy scenes those mm-hmm. fantasy scenes were like yes i also want to talk about how i mean i'm speaking for myself here i had a little too much fun when we were watching whenever <laughs> like there would be moments where an example is like i was having a lot of fun with moments like specifically Luca this is an example Luca's like Alberto stop it hurts too much and like turning it into like a gay thing I know (laughs) yeah or like (laughs) like when um Luca calls Alberto a sea monster and I was like he just called him the f word (laughs) <laughs> I literally wrote that down. <laughs> it was so silly. It, yeah, was, it, like, it was like they were giving it to us, you know? They really were. Like in one of them, like they were writing, like, I don't know if it was like the fantasy best or something. And Alberta's like, Luca, you drive. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, oh, when um when Luca is coming out of the water and Alberta goes first time. <laughs> no, that whole scene. Yeah, but like jokes yeah. aside, that part really was, I was like, like, oh, this is major. Yeah. Like, gay and he was like, breathe. And he was like, <sighs> and he was like, relax. Like, come on. <laughs> Hello. On. There was like, there was a lot of little things like that. That you, it, a case can be made. Yeah. So I want to talk about this character dynamic of Alberto because I think it's a really well written character and really interesting. And I can also see how this could tie into as a gay uh, allegory because uh, um, Alberto really puts on this facade of knowing everything and being right and having his life together to a fault like he's hiding some pretty deep insecurities about how god that scene where they reveal the um so just to like where we are navigate where we are in the plot um they've been they've been fighting basically because like luca's starting to realize like alberto's kind of toxic alberto is like always claiming he has the answers when he's like realized that the moment when he finds out the stars aren't fish like and it's like oh my god i can no longer trust everything alberto says so confident as fact it's like a huge mind shift for him and so they start fighting more and then <laughs> that's the moment where uh he like basically in an effort to like push this girl away he's like we're sea monsters and he like turns into one in front of her <laughs> and that's when the moment that eric's talking about like uh where uh luca points to alberto and says sea monster which also <laughs> like so heavy yeah heavy-handed metaphor like <laughs> yeah. someone someone on that ranger was trying to make a gay story and poor little Enrico Casarosa had no idea. <laughs> he directed it and did he not know he was right under his little nose. Did not know he was directing a gay film. <laughs> um but yeah so he swims away and is and then Luca chases Alberto and finds him and finds all these tally marks on the wall and like I knew instantly like yeah that was how many days his father like since his father had left and he's just dealing with this trauma and like that's uh we're talking about red velvet later on in this podcast uh but that you know to talk a lot in that book about how like in experiencing that you like and oh, the wanting- velvet rain 
Beach. Yeah, sorry. Red Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> That's been on my list. Sorry, I've been yeah. listening to Ice Cream Cake by Red Velvet. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh oh yeah, but it did feel like queer coded to have this character who is dealing with his own trauma and processing that in a way like that needs it needs to look perfect and is like so desperate for validation from the world and and like that's why he's being really so toxic with Luca and I was so glad the show covered that because the movie like acknowledged that because it's like oh this Alberto's cool in a lot of ways but he's also like kind of annoying because he's like so confident and so like they really like tackle that in a very sincere way and you see this very vulnerable moment with Alberto which I thought was really cool Frank you're pondering something yeah I I think like a lot of Alberto's character just reminded me a lot of like that sort of avoidant almost behavior you know like obviously like Alberto he knows he's got all that stuff to deal with but um well also they're children so can't like go too deep into the psychoanalysis of this um these characters but um yeah I just thought that that was so like he put he created yeah like that sort of bravado sort of exterior but I think Alberto was very afraid you know and that oh it was just so to have that moment of where he reveals himself as a sea monster and then for Luca to be like yeah you're a sea monster (laughs) um you know is sort of like oh that I, I thought, yeah, the movie was constructed really, like, deep like that. Like, kind of, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved, we all, I love a movie with a train scene where it's, mm. like, two characters partying at a train station. Call me by your name. Come I, on, I, shout it out. And then, so in this one, at the end, when Alberto and Luca are saying goodbye, because Luca's going to school, Alberto just goes on and on, and he's like, he just like, basically, he doesn't say this literally, but he's like, basically, they go on and be like, you made me a better person. Like, just remember that I'm always with you, and that, like, don't listen to Bruno, listen to me. And like, tears, 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 tears. Alberto's character just like, comes full circle in that moment. And it's just, when boys, when boys and men recognize their emotion and let themselves feel them, Mm, that is some good stuff and it comes so honestly too, like the emotion I feel like sometimes you can feel when a movie's trying to make you feel something and Mm. it's like I don't feel like they were like playing overtly sad music or like I never felt like it was like prompting me like hey this is where you should cry it was really just like honest dialogue that was heartfelt and it struck me like oh it's like just tears 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 and then i'm just a sucker for a good running after the train oh that's just so you know it's like that's like i feel like a romantic little trope you know running after the train sort of thing and just to see like that yeah that last scene if this wasn't meant to be gay like somewhat the animators maybe like they're literally like they almost hold hands do they hold it i think he's like holding his hand as the train like leaves it's like i I am all for (laughs) as i said like men should be able to show straight men should be able to show each other platonic love that was not platonic love i love just not gay related necessarily but like the parents just in general were so funny in this at the moment they they came on to land too to look for their son. I was like, oh, this is comedy gold. This is such a yeah. good setup. Like, it was good comic relief. Yeah. They, and then they truly became like really campy characters where the mom just kicks all the kids' butt in soccer to get them wet. I was like, this scene is the silliest premise. 
This mom is going to look for her son by playing soccer with these kids and managing to dunk them all in the fountain. That's like, what? Silly. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. I, I loved it. I think also um, the kind of like relationship or like sub relationship that formed between Julia's dad and Alberto was yes. really sweet. Like whenever he, whenever they got back and he's like, where's Alberto? And he's like, he went or he ran away. Like, I don't think anyone wants I don't think he wants anyone to look for him and the dad's like well just in case that's so sweet father figure vibes yeah they really painted him it's so funny the first shot of him is like oh yeah we're gonna go get dinner with my dad first shot of him is him cutting a fish in half yeah they do such a good job of making him look intimidating so yeah I kind of want to talk about like segue into like full circle and kind of like besides the train scene kind of the ending of this movie so the cool thing is uh, up until this point Luca or Alberto's you know been really toxic and like um, not basically been like hey Luca we need to stick with my plan we need to do it my way and you need to stay with me and it's like a really controlling um, and then this uh, race happens and Lu- uh, Alberto decides to like come out and help him. Julia who has cared so much about winning this race it's her one big goal like sacrifices her shot at first place to take to really fulfill what her true goal was was to like take out this bully um, yeah. and prevent him from winning. It's just like such character growth moments throughout and then it's like really shown when um, Alberto, who's really been pushing this, like, no, we need to do the Vespa, we need to do that, like, sells the Vespa to buy admission to the school that uh, Luca wants to go to. It's just like such beautiful character arcs. And then uh, he, as you said, father figure, he um, ends up staying with the yeah. Julia's father, and it's like, oh, he he finally has a father. <sighs> I, I, I one other thing I want to say about this is like I also think it's a really good lesson that uh, like they really do a good job of making Julia's father seem really intimidating and like someone who you don't think would accept a gay person or a sea monster in this case um, but really he's like a really really great guy and he's he's like the first person to stand up for them right. and I think there's a big lesson in that like uh, we can often count people out like it's very easy as as queer people to like make assumptions about different straight people and, and how much they'll accept us or not and uh, I feel like it's a good lesson to like give people more benefit of the doubt I, I feel like we have more support than we think yeah I think that also goes really nicely with what the grandma says right at the end she's like you know in this world there will be people who won't accept him and there will be people that will but it looks like he's good at you know finding those who do I thought that was just Uh, so beautiful you know you know like chosen family there's all of that you know wrapped up in there it was just really touching hitting you over the head with the gay (laughs) yeah I mean come on like well, to a certain point like yeah it's such a good line and also I think there is some like Maybe we don't realize how many other people who aren't gay still really experience the same feeling of being othered, being an outsider. Um, maybe even in ways they can hide, you know, like some someone who's secretly <laughs> like in high school musical. I, lo- I love to bake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's cool that this message might resonate even more, like even farther than just with, with gay people. Although yeah. it definitely resonated with me specifically on a gay level. Right. Uh, such a good line. Well, girls, it's nearing the end of the hour. What are our final thoughts 
on Luca. I, I can go first. Um, I oh my god, I really loved this movie, and I, I feel like I knew I would because it was Pixar. I, th- I knew I would like it. I knew it'd be entertaining. I didn't expect it to hit me on such an emotional level, um, especially when I went and kind of guarded against it because I was like, "What's this movie taking gay clout?" You know. <laughs> um, I cried so much, and it it is interesting because whether it was meant to be gay or not, it's it's really cool that we have this movie that does seem to do a great job of communicating so many lessons that I think are important for the gay community, for people trying to understand the gay community, um, just about that world in general, and more broadly, like accepting people who are more different from or different than yourself and realizing that people sometimes have secrets um, and dealing with all that. I feel like there's so many good lessons to that. And packaged in this format, I feel like it's really accessible. I, I would not feel weird like asking a straight person to watch this with me, um, making them thinking like, oh, I'm making you watch a gay movie. It's like, right. this is a really a movie that can be enjoyed by so many people. And I think there is a lot of power in that. Because um, I know, for, you know, sometimes people do feel weird watching a movie that's so closely related to uh, something that they're not a part of. But also, this is a good reminder that, like, this is about sea monsters. None of us fit in that group. And it's enjoyable to all of us. So just because something's just because something's about a group that you're not a part of doesn't mean that it won't still be immensely relatable to you. Now they're staring each other down. Who will go next? I can, I can go. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go. Um, I, my final thoughts is I really love this movie. I do whatever people, I think like there was obviously gay intention that went into making it on some <laughs> level. Maybe there wasn't, I mean, I think I will obviously, you know, you can, I can see the side that says, you know, it might be more ambiguous or whatever, but ultimately I think it's a really nice movie. I think it's a step in the right direction for like, you know, there can be children's movies about gay relationships you know like gayness can be a thing that children know about I knew that I was gay when I was that age you know Mm. and I think getting you know to the point of healing that I have with all you know my gay stuff would have been a lot easier if I had had a movie like this that even maybe talked about it more explicitly you know what I mean like there's so many um important messages about like sexuality and stuff like that that I don't think like children necessarily need to like shy away from like it doesn't necessarily have to be like sexual that in order for you to still talk about like you know who you love you know yeah yeah my final thoughts there is no way that there was, <laughs> this is not gay intended. I feel like the CEO of Disney was like, no, don't bring me a gay film. So all the creators were like, yeah, totally. We won't bring you a gay film. Absolutely not. And like the whole process was like, this isn't a gay film. This isn't a gay film. And so like, I just don't. And now even like, like they're asked, like they're getting interviewed about this movie. They're like, no, it's not a gay film. Not the slightest. Like there's just no way that like not like even if it was like they realize it they were gonna realize it like day one that this was a gay movie uh, i think anyone can watch this movie and find something to relate to you don't have to be gay um or a sea monster or a sea monster um if you ever feel isolated in your life you can relate to this um it's so goofy and because it's goofy it makes the dramatic moments hit so much harder and you'll have a great time with Luca. <laughs> <laughs> <Finito>. <laughs> yeah. 
fine. I'm sorry. They also really hammed up the Italian in it. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. So hammed up. It was funny to me. That was cute. Well, Frank, we end every episode by well, one saying thank yeah. you for being on the pod. Thank you for having me. Thank you so oh, much. Yeah. So nice. Oh my gosh. Like, I loved going through this movie with y'all's gay act. Frank, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You have so many insightful things to say. <laughs> and also, like, I wish y'all could have, like, heard us watching the movie. He was so fun to watch the movie with. Yeah. Our comments were like, mm. Thank you. Frank, you know, you're my sister. You know yeah. I die for you every day. I would take a bullet for you. <laughs> you know that? I'll take you up on that soon. <laughs> 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 I love you very much. I'm so glad you were here. Love you. Thank you for having me. We end every episode by chanting gay uh, <laughs> over and over again. Do you accept the challenge? I accept! <laughs> gay! 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 Gay!